Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, G.T. Hawkins. I'm the uh, creator of the Facebook group, Bible Study Group. Uh, my fellow admins will be uh, Nelson Hawkins. Uh, we're not related, but wise. But uh, David Chandler and my wife Evelyn Hawkins. And I'm pretty much just doing this show to. It's actually more so, more more so of a of a test. <clears throat> just trying to get my feet wet in this whole uh, talk show internet thing uh, for the first time. So if, uh, if I'm a little choppy, please forgive me. And uh, just what I wanted to do was just give a brief introduction uh, to who I am and uh, uh, my family and, you know, how I came to the Lord and some of my favorite studies and some future project projects I have going on with uh, my brothers David Chandler, Darian Eaton, and Mo uh, Langley. And uh, from there, after I go over all all of that, you know, the floor is just, the floor would just be open for uh, any discussion or uh, any any topic. And sometimes what I like to do. Uh, and I might, and I'm. This is the reason why I'm doing this test now, is because uh, on Fridays I I usually do this thing called Freestyle Friday, and basically Freestyle Friday just consists of whatever <laughs> whatever topic uh, that might be hot on Facebook or uh, politics, whatever. Just as long as uh, everything we do comes from a uh, a biblical perspective. So uh, with that said, I'm going to open up with prayer and begin. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you in prayer. And I ask you, Father God, to open the minds and hearts of the people listening. Use me, Father God, as a tool to preach your word. Let the Words out of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in my sight, O Lord God, my strength and redeemer. Amen. Yeah. All right, so I'm a I'm gonna go into a little short bio uh, of everything, and then from there we just jump right into uh, whatever Bible study y'all might have in mind. Uh, well, in any case, as I said, my name is Nijiti Hawkins. Uh, from what I know, from what my mother told me, my name means salt. And she always referenced uh, what Jesus said about the salt of the earth. And I tried to live up to that 
to that standard is to remain uh, as the salt of the earth instead of being trampled over when the salt has lost its flavor. Uh, I'm currently married. My wife, her name is Evelyn Hawkins, and she has a wonderful website that anybody listening can go to. Uh, It's called ExitChurchianity.com, and she has a lot of information on there on current current events and uh, a lot of the history. If you have questions about tithing, the 501c3, she's really good in that area. I usually don't tackle that area because what uh, you all would learn uh, is that I don't, I haven't had the, uh, I haven't had the pleasure of being a part of an institutionalized IC. I've gone to churches here and there, and I've seen some things, uh, good things and bad things. Uh, but as far as being in uh, in the grid of it, I wasn't part of it. So uh, that was not one of my strong uh, areas of research. However, as with all subjects, I take everything from a biblical perspective. And if it doesn't line up with the scriptures, then I reject it. Uh, just a you know, a quick note on how I, <clears throat> how I came to the knowledge of God. And then eventually got saved. I was probably about six years old. I believe I was about six years old. And it was at the time that my grandmother, Willie Kelly Johnson, uh, was alive. And uh, my mother, we were all living in a place called Sam's Place, Washington, D.C. That's where I was born. Uh, I'm 36. And I was, uh, it was like 1979, uh, Children's Hospital. But um, I'm six years old, and I'm I'm sitting there. My my grandmother has the Bible, uh, a whole white leather Bible, had cursive writing in it and everything. And I couldn't read the cursive, but um, my my mother asked me, "Did I know that sometime in the future the the moon would turn blood red, or the moon would drop away in blood?" And I tell this story all the time. And um, when she first said that, that scared me as a kid, that that scared me. And then she continued on and said that there is a man who is to come, a man who would come and oppose Jesus Christ. They call him the Antichrist or Antichrist. And he's supposed to be some type of trickster or someone who deceived, and all the world is going to worship him instead of Jesus Christ. Now, as I said earlier, I was never really part of a uh, institutionalized church, but my mother and my grandmother, especially on my father's side, made sure that I attended church uh, whenever possible. And that was the first thing that I learned, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of our sins, and I was a happy puppy, thinking about that and knowing, having that knowledge. But when my mother told me about the moon dropping away in blood and an opposer to Jesus Christ, they call him the Antichrist, I'm just sitting there bewildered because 
I'm thinking to myself, how can the moon drop away in blood? Wow. And so I asked her, you know, where could I, where can I read that? And she says in the book of Revelation. She didn't know exactly where, but she said it was in the book of Revelation. So I said, well, let me go to Revelation and I'll find it, try to find it. Before I picked up the Bible, my grandmother said to me, she said, look, before you read, you need to pray to God to help you understand. Remember, I'm six years old at this time, and I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, okay. So I, I, I literally <clears throat> stopped what I was doing, got on my knees on the side of the bed and started praying, Father God, please help me understand this book, this book, your, your word, your holy word. And I back up, and I immediately started reading Revelation chapter 1, and now, I thought, you know, again, I'm, I'm six years old. I thought that the the, uh, uh, the understanding was going to come automatically. <clears throat> Not saying that it couldn't, but that's what I thought was, what was going to happen. So I'm reading through uh, Revelation chapter 1, and I come across verse 7 where it says, uh, uh, behold, every eye shall see. Uh, behold, the Lord cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they, uh, uh, even those who pierce them, and they shall wail because of him. And I'm sitting here like, so when Jesus Christ comes back, everybody's going to see him. But I didn't. Co- I understood that part. But as we got further into the chapter, with uh, Jesus Christ having white hair, eyes of fire. Uh, feet of burnt brass, things of that nature, I, I didn't understand it. But I kept reading because the goal was to find out where the moon drops away in blood. So I continued to read all the way through. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember reading in, uh, I believe it was Revelation chapter 4, where we see the appearance of a lamb with seven horns, seven eyes, and I'm Again, I'm six years old. I'm messed up right now. I'm a lamb with seven horns and six, uh, seven eyes, and uh, what what the, the beast with uh, uh, that stand before the throne? I'm com- com- completely confused, but I'm taking it literal because I know that God gave us the Bible. I trust. I trust in His word. But I know I, I didn't understand it at the time. So I continued all the way to uh, Revelation chapter 6. And that's where I ran into the reference concerning the moon. But when I read the scripture, I saw where it said, it didn't say drop away in blood. The scripture actually said, uh, when he opened up the sixth seal, there was an earthquake. Uh, no, was, uh, yeah, there was an earthquake. And the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree uh, casteth her untimely figs in a mighty wind. And it said that the, the sun became black as sackcloth and the moon became red as blood. When I got to that part, I stopped. I closed the Bible. I said, and it scared the daylights out of me. Because if, I, if it's in the Bible, I said, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I saw where the, the sun turns black as sackcloth and moon turns red as blood. Not that it was going to turn red and drop away in blood, but 
I kind of understood where or uh, what my mother was trying to tell me. And, you know, just as God is faithful and, and when you ask, he said, ask and you will receive. Well, when I asked for the understanding, he gave it to me years later. And it was over a general, over a long period of time. Uh, I didn't get saved until I was 15, maybe 16 years old. And I really uh, started to, uh, well, started walking in my faith. And from there until now, again, I'm 36 years old. Uh, you know, I have I had ups and downs, and sometimes I have setbacks and things of that nature. And, you know, I'm transparent with stuff like that. All my friends know who I am and uh, how I am, and I try to keep it as uh, humble and honest as, as possible because uh, I know some of y'all probably don't look at uh, probably don't look at MMA. I'm not sure, but you know, you had this girl named Ronda Rousey walking around like she was all bad, undefeated, and she got beat up really bad. And it just reminded me that you know we all need to stay humble as possible. So you know that's how I came to the Lord, and that's how I became saved. Uh, after that, of course, since my mom plant my mo- my mother and my grandmother planted that seed within in me about prophecy, the things that were supposed to take place, naturally this was my these were my areas of, of study where I, I love to do the research. Uh, when it came to prophecy, especially the return of Jesus Christ, it it literally put the fear of the Lord in me. And again, as I said, having the knowledge and always doing the right thing uh, doesn't always uh, doesn't always work when you're a babe in Christ. But I continued to learn as I got older, and my areas of study was like uh, science was one of my favorites uh, because I would always try to figure out how certain things happen in Scripture, like Joshua asking God to cause the sun to stand still in the sky. Like, how did how did he do that? Or uh, what? You know, where 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 are these places like where the where Noah's Ark? landed or uh, who who was the pharaoh of the exodus, things of that nature. I grew up wondering about these things because uh, around this time and maybe around springtime, you will always see the movies come on, the greatest story ever told, and they showed Jesus Christ uh, was uh, around springtime, we said it's Passover, so usually it's the Ten Commandments that they play on TV with Charleston Heston and Good actors, good actors, and whoever directed it was pretty good. But, again, you know, when you know the scriptures, you know that some of the things that they put in the movie are are a bit off. And that's what caused me to do all this uh, research because I wanted to know the truth. I wanted to know who who are these historical figures uh, that were involved with the children of Israel. And... Uh, so that was pretty much that was pretty much my my area was well, some most of my areas uh, science uh, history geology uh, not geology well, geology um, I mean geography I'm sorry um, and and other areas uh, also just to try and wrap this up 
uh, I wanted to uh, let me log let me log back into my computer. I'm sorry, kind of cut off for me. Yeah. So so anyways, uh, so that's pretty much that's pretty much uh, my areas and and what led me to the Lord and things of that nature. Now that I'm older and I'm seeing all these things take place, and uh, you know. The Lord has placed it in my heart to to go further and do more, uh, not for my own glory, but for His glory, because it is sadly evident that a lot in the body of Christ are unaware of the wiles of the wiles of the devil, uh, and in these future projects that I have, I see that uh, you know. He's on the line now. David, if you're there, uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm here. Uh, yeah, my my name is David Chandler, and um, of course I grew up in Philadelphia, which is southeast uh, Pennsylvania. And, uh, oh, you want me to give you a, a testimony or? Um, if you If you like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, for all of those that are listening, well, um, before you start, oh. before you start, let me, let me explain to them the project, and then uh, you can introduce yourself. Pretty much, the project, everyone is. Uh, I'm not going to give the name right now, but we're still working on it. Is is four of us: uh, Jamel T. Langley, Darren Eaton, David Chandler, and myself. And we are combining uh, the gifts that the Lord has given us, bringing them together, so that we can uh, help, uh, so that we can further the kingdom. Uh, you know, just as God has uh, commanded us to do. So, uh, this is David Chandler on the phone, and he is a good, good brother of mine that I've known close to about eight, nine years. I actually think it's been ten years. But you know, uh, it's been that long. Been, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. And so, again, you know, he's a good brother and he's very knowledgeable. And what he talks about, he even write science fiction books uh, to entertain entertain that 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 uh how can I say that that child side and people you know who who love adventures and and suspense and things of that nature. Um, but without further ado, here's David Chandler. Well, well, thank you. Um, I'm just trying to recover from that, from listening to that phone call last night. Um, <laughs> that, that, we can talk was, about it if you want. We can talk about it if you want, but... Uh, that, that yeah go, that, go that give you a, your short bio please <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was uh, a nightmare but um my, uh, I'm David Chandler for those that don't know and uh grew up in Philadelphia Pennsylvania which is uh about 5 hours north of Virginia uh I I came to know the Lord when I was in my 20s, I was 25, no, 26 years old, actually. June 21st, 2002, a missionary led me to uh, the Lord. 
before then, I grew up in the church, um, went to my uncle's uh, uh, ministry. He pastored a church. He's still pastoring a church. Um, not too, but uh, when I went, I was, uh, I think, about six months old, and then um, <clears throat> all through uh, elementary school and middle school. But when I was growing up, I had a fascination with fiction. I, I had a fascination with uh, the speculative, and I collected comic books, read books, and looked at science fiction movies, horror movies, and things of that sort, even though I didn't write horror. But I started writing when I was in my, when I was 10. I, I was in elementary school, and I wrote my first story, two pages every day. And, of course, it was a fanfic. Anybody that understands what literature, what that type of literature is, fan fiction is um, a story that's based off of an existing character. And my favorite Marvel Comics character was the Incredible Hulk. And for those that grew up during the 80s, the Incredible Hulk was very popular, the, the television show with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, and I was in love with that show, and so much so that uh, I would write stories about that particular character with using my own characters as antagonist or protagonist, you know, whichever uh, came to, to mind. As I grew older, uh, I started making up my own stories, um, came up with different characters and things of that sort. And I still had a hunger for not only um, fiction and writing, but uh, knowledge in and of itself. And I'm not talking about esoteric knowledge. I'm talking about academic knowledge. And um, going through um, elementary school to middle school to even high school, um, I kind of dropped the writing for a little bit focus on graduating and then when I fit with the college um I started up and that's when my writing mythos enlarged and uh I got um caught up in in a cult called the um Campbellites or the Church of Christ and after I left it woke me up uh first I got uh, I was um recruited into the um the junior masons knights of pythagoras 232 by an uncle of mine who's since passed away he wasn't really my uncle but you know he was my uncle by marriage and um after i left 6 months later um something occurred you know something uh i, I it sparked something within me i started wanting to know the truth i wanted to because i didn't want to be deceived again after i uh graduated from college i got my associate's degree but before then i got caught up in um this particular cult this sect called the church of christ and when i left um i started reading on different cults and, and groups and things of that sort but uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before I, I got involved in all that, I left my family church and I went and got involved in the charismatic movement. And um, 
my, a cousin of mine invited me to a church that she had been going to for quite some time, and I didn't even know it was charismatic until I ended up attending. But I couldn't leave. It was. I thought that they were dynamic. I thought that they were real or authentic. Um, they expressed uh, some type of uh, an authenticity that I hadn't seen before, and I guess maybe it was because... Um, I guess it was because of the fact that um, I saw a different type of worship experience from them. So after about 15 years of being involved in the charismatic movement, I left and I became confused and mixed up and I didn't know which way to go. So uh, I joined this um, independent Baptist church and uh, when I did, um, this missionary, it was actually the last day of vacation Bible school, and the pastor was talking about the um, the, uh, the the rich, the Jesus Christ and his encounter with the rich young ruler. And I was just fascinated by the message because I didn't even know anything about true salvation. I thought I was saved. And so um, a missionary was there, and he invited me to uh, receive Christ as my Savior, and I've been saved ever since. But something else happened. I became hungry to know the truth. My writing grew, obviously. I'm now published. I have four, five books out now. You can uh, buy them on Amazon, and I'll tell you the names of them in a second. But not only that, but my knowledge of the truth or my hunger for knowing the truth became more pronounced and I started reading books on cults, aberrant teachings in the church, trends that are that that we see that are popular in, 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 in the church world. And uh, so I started um, doing research on Rick Warren and the emergent church, the charismatic Pentecostal movements, um, a lot of uh, other cults like Black Hebrew Israel, uh, Black the, the Black Hebrew movement, uh, and things of that sort, and uh, it it it's been a, an interesting ride there. I met Najiti on Black Planet, which is a a uh, social website, and uh, I, we've been friends ever since. Actually, I met Najiti after, well, was it before I, I met your wife or after? Uh, it was before. It was before. You met her first, and yeah. uh, then I came on the scene probably a few months later. Actually, I was already on the scene, but y'all had y'all was already uh, friends. Yeah, I, I had met Majiti's wife before uh, I met him, and after that, um, he came on the scene, and we started talking, and we found... Uh, a kinship between the three of us, and so uh, they ended up getting married, and we've been friends ever since. But um, I found uh, the, the only reason why I found a kinship with the three of them is because they had a hunger for the truth as well, and um, it's been an interesting ride. You know, I, I've been saved since 2002, which is about, uh, say, about. This is 2015. I'd say about 
13 years I've been a Christian, and it's been a, an interesting ride, a lot of frustrations, a lot of uh, toils, a lot of um, inner bat- uh, demons that I had to battle, a lot of um, um, second-guessing, I guess, on my part, and um, it, it, it's been a, uh, the devil has really been trying my patience, I guess, and I don't want to give too much, or I don't want to give any um, place to the devil. The Bible tells us that neither give place to the and I don't want to do that, but uh, this is my testimony. I, I've been um, um, just uh, on fire for the Lord. I, I want I to be on fire for the Lord, yeah. and um, my way of uh, doing that is to continue in God's truth. Now, um, I've encountered other believers that questioned um, my writings, not the validity of my writings, but my writings in general. And they've even asked me, well, how can you call yourself a Christian and you're writing science fiction, which is totally unbiblical, and I've had other Christians support me. So it's been kind of like a, how should I? No, but it's been, it's been a bumpy, bumpy road, bro. Yeah, it, it's been a uh, a roller coaster ride. Yeah, well, what I want to do right now is, uh, first of all, appreciate it, Dave, uh, for speaking on your testimony. I'm, I'm saying that we have, uh, I have California. And I have South, uh, Southern California. So who, whoever is Southern California, please introduce yourself. And if you would like to give like a five-minute testimony about how you came to Christ, please go ahead. Southern California, are you on? Um, yes, I think there may be two of us. Um, both are Southern California, actually, um, probably. Oh. Um, okay, now who my, is this again? This, this, Brett Griffin is who's speaking right now. Brett Griffin? Oh, can you yeah, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. Okay, all right. Um, my phone number is California. I'm actually in the southeast right now, so I'm in the country, so excuse me if there's any um, connection, but... Um, First of all, it's a pleasure to meet both you brothers, um, and uh, blessings to your wife, uh, Brother Hawkins, um, uh, Sister Evelyn. Um, it's good to hear your your, your testimonies. Um, I came to the Lord. Um, I had a woman. I, I'm also I was also raised in Philadelphia, West Philadelphia. Mm. Um, okay. But I I came I came to the Lord. I had at four years old uh, my mother, who was a nurse. Uh, she had someone take care of me while she was nursing in the evening. And this woman was a prayer warrior um, and a prophet of God. And she, I was under her, I was, I was in her home as a daycare. So she taught me the fear of God and short, short to the long, I mean, long to the short, she taught me the fear of God. And I, after I left Philadelphia and moved uh, further north to New Jersey, I didn't hear the gospel for 14 years. So I left her when I was about nine years old, almost 10. 
didn't hear the gospel. Um, I grew up in the world of the world, and at the age of 23, I went to the United States Air Force, which took me to California. Um, and in California, um, the, the Lord, uh, everything in my life was going perfect, actually. It was going great. But one thing that uh, her name was Mrs. Della Suggs, which she taught me, was that only what you do for Christ will last. And she said, no matter how well you're doing in life, when the time comes, um, everyone is going to have to uh, give an account for the Savior. And she also taught me about the moon uh, dripping away in blood and and judgment day could come at an hour that you know not. And I didn't want to wait till my life fell apart. <laughs> and right. I knew that was God, God drawing me. <laughs> I knew that was the Lord drawing me. So I said, I asked God, I said, I don't know, I said, I know I need you, but I don't know how to find you. And he sent a woman to, I was a pharmacy technician, he sent a woman to my job, to the hospital where I worked in the Air Force, and she obeyed God and invited me to church. That particular church is where I grew up um, in the Lord. I was there for nine years, and I was in ministry. Um, I was in ministry for 10 years, I did prison ministry. That, that thing, but I always had a heart for the Father, so I was always in prayer. I was always, I spent literally about about 48 hours a week in the Word and in prayer, and I wanted to know God for myself, and at, and then after after that, the Lord, um, he pulled me out of church, and he said, I want to show you, I want you to live among some people, and I wound up moving to Atlanta. He said, and I want to show you some people who may never step foot inside of a church, and um, he had me live amongst them. He said, I want you to do as I do. And he had me live amongst people of all different kind of lifestyles. I was helping my father with some property management in Atlanta. And the Lord just took me on another journey. So what I presently do, I presently, um, uh, I've also published a book on Amazon. Congratulations, David. I've also published a book on Amazon um, in 2011 called Your Prayers Answered, teaching how didactically how to pray. Um, I've been saved for 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 almost twenty. I've been saved for almost twenty eight years, um, and I've had some I've had some experiences with God and the devil, literally. I've had experience with demons. I've had experience where the Lord said, "I need you to see in the spirit what you're dealing with when you pray." So the Lord has made me over the years a warfare strategist, um, and I noticed that. Um, that the page, uh, the Bible study, and I've been praying for you, brothers, because I said this is a, a vision, um, and it it, it it seems more on exposing the works of the devil and preparing the body of Christ for eschatology and as far as the study of the last days. So when, when Brother Ndichi, when you were telling about your testimony, um, I said, yep, that's it. Someone planted a seed that made you that were, it's, it's, it's a calling, that's for sure. That's for sure. It's, it's a calling. So um, that's 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 me. Like I said, from the long to the short. Um, and my focus is prayer and the word, you know, and the true interpretation of the word. Because yes, the 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 as as Paul had said that the days will come when there with those will, who will teach that godliness is gained or how to make money from the gospel. So over the over the decades. 
the body of Christ has deteriorated mm-hmm. uh, in Western in Western civilization. Okay, the body of Christ has deteriorated in Western civilization, where the focus is more on the Greek mindset, the Roman Greek mindset of of what the gospel is about, and so. God is now at a place where he's getting back to the true interpretation of the scriptures because that's where the power is. You know, there's many applications that the body of Christ has tried to utilize and even pimp God's people with, and God's not tolerating it anymore. So now Amen. it's time for people to understand what the, what the true meaning of the scripture is when, when something is said. So for, if I may, for example, I don't know if my five minutes, where I'm at with my five minutes, for example, when the scripture says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, it's that has been used to manipulate God's people into coming into a building alone and saying, unless you come into a building and paying your your entrance fee, so to speak, then you're not legal. And when really the writer of Hebrews was talking to Jewish people who were who were being persecuted and going back to Judaism. So the writer of Hebrews was saying, stay together with your Jewish brethren who have accepted Jesus as the Christ and strengthen one another because everybody thought Jesus was coming back in their day. So um, everybody thought that, that it was their day. And we are in the end times. We we are truly in the end times for all the things that have evolved in prophecy unfolding. But, um, for example, that as an interpretation of Scripture, it's it can be applied, but the writer was not talking to Western civilization. He was talking to Hebrews, who were being manipulated, who, who were who were have been disowned by their families, etc., and going back into Judaism to strict Judaism and not accepting the grace that was given to Jesus Christ. So, you know, that's my passion is the Word of God. That's 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 my passion is is the Word of God and, and prayer and seeing people come into their destiny and the purpose for why they were born. So. Um, you know, I celebrate you, brother. That's for sure. And, and thanks for the invite. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, we usually don't have <laughs> we usually don't have this many people, <laughs> but uh, we do it anyway because people can go back and listen to some of the old uh, recordings. Um, but yeah, that's um that's a pretty powerful testimony, and I I thank God for you. I didn't get your name, though. What was your name? Brett Griffin, B-R-E-T-T Griffin. Okay. Can I say Miss Griffin? Is that okay? Yes, yes, yes that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Griffin, that's okay. Fine. Yeah, uh, there was something that stuck out where, where you said about true interpretation of the word, and mm-hmm. I remember reading a quote from an unlikely source, a guy named Sir Isaac Newton. And mm-hmm. he insisted that in the last days that men would actually return back to the literal interpretation of the scriptures mm-hmm. because the events that are taking place right now uh, mm-hmm. could only be explained as such, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got it. We've gotten into a little debate with uh, some people who fall under the uh, um, umbrella of preterism. And preterism pretty much means that all of the prophecies that the Lord God uh, Mm -hmm. spoke of 
concerning the return of Jesus Christ happened in 70 AD. And from that, yeah, from that you have people who go into, they they start branching off, uh, as you would see with a lot of, a lot of uh, denominational type of uh, churches or, or even cults, they branch off somewhere from the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of them, like replacement theology. You say in order mm-hmm. for the preterist view of prophecy or eschatology uh, to, to stand firm, they have to symbolize everything just about. And that's not the proper way to interpret the scriptures because, first of all, mm-hmm. the Bible says there's no private interpretation of the scripture, right. which uh, which pretty much means that scripture interprets itself. And uh, when we look at the return of Jesus Christ, uh, it doesn't say that it's a spiritual return, that only mm-hmm. uh, people with spiritual eyes will see him. No, it says everybody. Everybody, you know, mm-hmm. even the people in hell will see Jesus Christ because that veil would have been removed when he when he mm-hmm. cracks open the sky, as my grandmother used mm-hmm. to say. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, definitely observation of, of that. Mm-hmm. And then this whole thing about the assembly. Uh, I talked to a brother over the phone, but maybe about two or three days ago, about the same thing because he he was saying that, you know. Some people on his on his wife's side was uh, coming at him uh, because they felt like he took her away from the church. But their whole identification concerning the church is somewhat flawed uh, or negligent because you know if they realize that they were the church, we the people are the church. Uh, they you know they have have any uh, qualms about him not wanting to be in, a, in an environment where it's unbiblical or well, things are being ran unbiblically. But people can, I don't uh, maybe one of y'all can uh, explain the term or the proper term for it, but it's like when a person becomes, a, uh, they fall in love with their abuser. I know there's a term for that. Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm uh, Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so People can see stuff that's wrong, but no, that's my pastor. He's still my pastor. He can touch all the little boys he wants. He just he just needs prayer and all that other stuff. But I just pray know. for him, and he'll you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I agree a hundred percent with your observation on uh, the book of Hebrews as well. I think it was uh, Hebrews chapter ten, matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, twenty five. But uh, twenty four and twenty five. Mm-hmm. Mhm. All right. So, uh, Miss Griffin, I thank you. Uh, now, who else is calling from California? Um. Hello. My name is Danielle Heller. Danielle, how you doing? Yes, sir. I'm well. How are you? All is well. God bless you. Uh, do, you do you mind giving your testimony? Five ten minutes is is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll be brief. <laughs> Um, I, I grew up, um, well, I guess at some point when I was young, I had experience in Church of God in Christ, but I primarily remember growing up Jehovah Witness. And, um, when I graduated, the year I was to graduate high school in 19, 
something. <laughs> um, I had um, made a, a New Year's resolution that I would become more religious, that I would go and stand in front of the supermarkets and go to the donut shops and do what Jehovah Witnesses do. And uh, the Lord had other plans. He At that point, I went to college, and he hooked me up with someone who was a Christian, and she ended up um, leading me to, to Christ. And um, I, I got saved in the early 90s and uh, pretty much did status quo in, in church and ministry. And, but uh, about 2012, I realized or found out I didn't know the Lord. And uh, after all these years in church, I, I, I didn't really know him. Um, and so I really like to say I really got saved in 2012. Um, because that's when I came to know the Lord, and since then I've been um, pursuing Him um, and and growing in, in intimate knowledge uh, and understanding of who He is and how He is. And here I am today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, your your brief testimony, Kojic and Jehovah Witness. Wow, that's like. <laughs> Being it's like being a part of Charles Manson's group and um, uh, yeah, well not Alistair Crowley. I was gonna say Jim Jones, but no, yeah, yeah, he's funny. Now, uh, may I say Miss Danielle? That proper? Okay. Absolutely. All right. So. Uh, can, can, can I cut in for a second? Just uh, a few minutes. Yeah, um, if you uh, if you can, Dave, uh-huh. you know, give a quick synopsis of Kojic and Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, whatever you was about to say. Well, the the, the Kojic or you know Church of God in Christ, they uh, are one of the largest Pentecostal groups in the world, and they they can be pretty cultic. Um, I, I grew up in basically in the Pentecostal charismatic movement after, well, it was probably around my last year in high school when I got involved in the charismatic movement. And at first, they can be very, very friendly. They can be on fire for God. They, at least that was my experience. And uh, my your, your short testimony when you said that you grew up in... Um, as a CLGIC, you know, it kind of resonated with me because I grew up as a you know in the charismatic movement, as I said. And mm-hmm. uh, one church was uh, Pentecostal holiness. Uh, another church was um, I don't think it was a holiness church, but I think it was denominational, non-denominational, I should say. But uh, they taught charismatic doctrine. And they still, and a lot of the, 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 the leadership that was there still held to that old-line Pentecostal teaching. And the, the people there, as I got to, to know them, they were very hypocritical. The youth were very worldly. As a matter of fact, I had a few run-ins with some of the young people that, that, that were there. Um, and I almost got into a fight with one of them because, you know, he just... I was in the store, and he just walked up to me and punched me. So I had to, you know, end up, you know, we and I, he and I ended up getting into a fight. So I said to myself, these people are supposed to be so on fire for the Lord, but yet they're acting so worldly. And, and, and I couldn't figure it out for the life of me because 
I didn't have the understanding. And but the the, the COGICs are very they they can be very cultic. They can be very um, you know uh, exclusivistic is what I mean. Or they they believe as a lot of charismatic churches do. They believe that they're the it church, and everybody else that comes in, whether it's a visitor or whoever, is not a part. If they're not a part of their clique, then they're out. And as far as the Jehovah's Witnesses are concerned, um, Charles Taze Russell was a, a Freemason, and when he wrote the um, the the Awake magazines. Uh, by the way, they're they're all they're they're every Jehovah's Witness distributes those types of magazines all over the place, and they're very vigorous when it comes to their outreaches. I guess you might want to call them. They're proselytizing because that's what they're doing. They're proselytizing people, and they're very um, cultic. Well, they're a cult, so of course they would be very cultic. But they don't believe in blood transfusions. There was an uh, an individual that used to live across the street from me when I was younger, who was a Jehovah's Witness. She died because her family would not take her to the hospital to get a blood transfusion. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, what, uh, Miss uh, Miss Dan- Daniel Danielle Danielle. Okay, Danielle. Okay. The feminine version. All right. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm now, I'm curious. Now while you was in uh the Jehovah's Witnesses, did you know anything about Charles Taze Russell or you know, uh did they teach all the roots of where the Jehovah's Witnesses movement came from? Um I'm sure they did. I, I was I was um what, somewhere between nine and 17 years old, I guess, the years we were studying with them. And towards the end, um, you know, because I asked so many questions, and I think it was because, you know, there was a seed planted in me that the Lord had planted before I even got there. And I questioned everything they taught. And I did more questioning than they couldn't answer. Um, Yeah. They ended up up telling my parents I was possessed, and they didn't want to study with me anymore. (laughs) So, um, So I, I kind of got kicked out. You got kicked That's out of the organization? No, no, no. They just stopped studying with me. My my parents had to find somebody else to oh. study with me and uh, who could take the questions. They they kind of they have young people for the kids. They have a different level of person depending on your age. And so they kept kicking me around and kicking me around because I guess I was asking questions that were – that nobody, you know, could answer except the elders. And so they eventually got me to that point. But, you know, they also, you know, they just got tired of them. And and, uh, they literally told my parents I was demon-possessed. And um, I think I got my butt whooped. (laughs) But anyway, you know, it was was crazy because that's where we were at the time. But I I know, right? I don't remember everything about it, you know, what they taught, because I I didn't receive it. I mean, I, I used to get uh, cramps and all kind of things because I never received their teaching because it, it just something about it didn't didn't resonate with me. But I thought it was the way. So when I made the New Year's resolution, thank God for Jesus, He came and led me the way um, He wanted me to go. Hey man, that's good. That's real good. I know. Uh, 
I had some questionable times uh, in my in my walk. Uh, one time was very silly. It was very silly, but uh, I know I tried reading the Quran, and I, it just didn't. You know, it, it just didn't agree with my spirit. Uh, some of the things it said about Jesus Christ, and uh, you know, it's a shame that a lot of Christians now today are having no problems in joint fellowship with Muslims and also trying to say that we worship the same God when that's completely, completely false. Uh, I read in the Quran that Jesus Christ came, when they brought the baby Jesus home, all of a sudden the women came in and he just started, like he stood up and was like telling them to shut up and all this other stuff. And I was like, Man, this, I mean, what the Bible say? Uh, I can't do this. I can't do this. So, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, that was one time. And then, uh, unfortunately, throughout, throughout my teenage years, I did mess around with a uh, Ouija board, and that kind of caused, like, it opened me up for demonic attacks uh, mm-hmm. from, like, I think I was 12 maybe 13 years old on up to about, uh, till I got saved. Uh, but yeah, I would have, I would have a little paranormal experiences from here, uh, here and there. Um, that's, that's pretty much it on that. This but yeah. Right. May uh, I ask a question? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, for, for you, Nikiti and, and James and, and David, Mm-hmm. Would you say that what you have a what you have a heart to do is to, is to, um, lack of a better word, to kind of to kind of catch those that have been uh, injured by institutionalized church, and and well, I mean, would you say it's a it's like a a a, a, a calling to apologetics, you know, to the defense of the true gospel, or I mean. Because I noticed yeah. that you, um, I noticed that there's that when you speak and sometimes when you when you guys post that it it's more of an exposure of the works of darkness. Um, um, when you when you post on the page, it's more an exposure to the works of darkness, almost like a wake up call to the to those that call themselves Christians. You know, to the believer, like look at. Mm-hmm. Don't believe, try the spirit, you know, to see whether it is of God, for, according to First John and 4. So would you say that that's what you, what, what you three feel led to do? I am glad oh. you an- asked that question. GT, if I would, <laughs> if, I, if I may. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Um, I'll follow up. Oh, okay. Um, you're the first person that's ever asked us that. Well, me anyway. Um, I don't know about Nijiti. I think Nijiti might have been asked that question more so than I have. But uh, growing up in in Philly, I've noticed that there are is so, especially up north, there's so much. Well, you're living out in California, so uh, it would be east. But it's so much liberalism here that it's not even funny. Uh, I know of about a handful of independent 
Baptist churches here, and for you people that don't know what IBFs are, they're independent Baptist churches are not, they're not um, historically from church history, from the pages of church history, they're not Protestants. They are churches that are autonomous from any type of parent uh, church organizations. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. so there are some Southern Baptist churches that are a part of um, the World Council of Churches, which is extremely liberal. But to answer your mm-hmm. question, I think, I, I guess I have been. I don't know. I, I guess me and the GT and I have been speaking on uh, a lot of apologetics, a lot of uh, apologetical um, topics. Mm-hmm. That's not even a word. But um, we've been teaching on a lot of topics that have everything to do with liberalism, um, mm-hmm. well, theological liberalism, um, cults, uh, aberrant mm-hmm. teachings and trends that are occurring mm-hmm. in the church world today. Uh, he and his wife, he and his wife have been talking about that. And then mm-hmm. I have been following suit um okay. the three of us have each actually had a show uh not too long ago it might have been a couple of years ago about this very subject and so mm-hmm. i guess i don't know I, I guess we have been called to do that type of work it would be a very mm-hmm. interesting ride <laughs> it would be very mm-hmm. interesting to do that very interesting work i i, I know of a lot of apologetics um, well, pastors who are apolog- um, who are in the apologetics, and mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of study, it takes a lot of prayer, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I would have to admit that it takes a lot of education. You, you would have to know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Nijiti? Yeah. Um, yeah, everything David said, I mean, that's 100% correct. Um, for me, in the, most, in the most part, I think it was, well, my mother and her, her, her girlfriends and all that, you know, I was a teenager, and, you know, some days they would come over and my mom would have, you know, little small get-togethers or whatever, you know, grown-up style, whatever. And mm-hmm. I, would walk into the, I would walk into the room coming in from outside, and some of the, uh, her friends, like one friend I remember her, clearly and she used to grab me by my head all of the time and she used to say and she would just burst out in tears and she'd be like, Baby God got a call on you. God got a call in on you. And in my mind, I knew about God, you know, I'm a teenager at this time. This is probably like in my darker days. Uh but I was a teenager in my mind I'm thinking, Yeah, I know God and all this other stuff, but I don't know what he wants me. You know, look at me, look look at the stuff that I'm doing, like uh, you know, I just kind of ignored it, but grow, uh, growing up and still, you know, reading and doing research and still being interested in prophecy and things of that nature, I just read books, you know, mm-hmm. and I just, for some reason, I retained a lot of the information I read, especially growing up and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. some information was one way uh, in one year and then like five years later, it changes, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I got older and older, my uh, my convictions became stronger. And when I would hear people, for instance, uh, I think it was 1990, no, year 2000, uh, just got out, well, I, I just finished 
basic training in AIT, and I was going to a community mm-hmm. college. And mm-hmm. uh, let me go. Let me go back to '96. Now, after now I think about 16, maybe 17, and I was just I was a hardhead. Oh my goodness, I was a hardhead, running around smoking weed. Um, but I I would go to the library, and I would go uh, after after smoking, and I would just sit there and just read through books. So there was a whole lot of stuff going on in my life at the time because uh, my mom had went to prison and all of that. And I went to I went to the library and I picked up a book about the end of the world, and it was written by a guy named Hal Lindsey. You might know you might know him. Mm-hmm. He used to be on TV. Yeah, I know who he is. Yep, Hal Lindsey, yeah, the late great planet Earth. Yeah. Yes. He wrote a book called The Apocalypse Code. And mm-hmm. I'm not lying to you. I've read that book uh, for that whole week. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't fornicate. I didn't do anything. I just, I separated myself from my friends. And I read that book in like three days. And mm-hmm. after, I felt like the Holy Spirit just touched my heart when I closed that book. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. Let's see. I'm sorry this is so long, but I, I have to walk you to... Uh, no, it's okay. I mean... Okay. Okay. So from 96 to 97, on up to like 2001, two, uh, 2001 and all that, well, I'm walking around thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm Mr. Big Stuff. I know I know what a lot of the signs mean in Revelation, da, da, da. I got this, I know that. <laughs> you know, the Bible puffs up. I mean, not the Bible, but knowledge puffs up. Knowledge. So I had that... Mm-hmm. God humbled me, and he humbled me in 2001 when uh, the elections took place. And, you know, 9-11 had happened, and I was so hyped, man, we going to war. And I kept saying, yeah, George Bush, he's a Christian. That's right, we got a Christian president. Everybody <laughs> used to want at me. And I used to, used to debate with these cats. And one day, a homosexual, you know, I'm not, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not picking on homosexuals or whatever. I'm just saying that, you know what I'm saying, he's an open homosexual. But it took, it, God used him to correct me. Because he was like, mm-hmm. he's like, Hawkins, that's my last name. He's like, Hawkins, you know, you 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 got a good head on your shoulder. But I'm pretty sure that you know George Bush is not a Christian because uh, he's in the skulls and bones. And I was like, man, I ain't no such thing as that. And so I go and do my research and, I had to come back and apologize to him and say, you know what, you, you're right. I need to sit down and really study, uh, really, I really need to study. So I started reading about Freemasons, the uh, Illuminati, and then, uh, like Dave was saying, dealing with different people, they, they introduced different things. Now, although I didn't know about them at the time, I did know that what they were saying was, false. It was just, it took me uh, a while to try and find out uh, the truth about what they said. For instance, uh, what, uh, let's see, let me find a, a good one. Okay, this whole thing about, uh, give me a good one, give me a good one. Uh, oh, the whole thing about, uh, who was it? Uh, Jesus Christ and Mary. And this is when that book, The Vinci Code, it came out. And mm-hmm. Now, I knew, I knew the scriptures, basically, for the most part, but the history behind a lot of this stuff I didn't know. And mm-hmm. 
So when they bring when 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 they brought up those discussions, oh Jesus married Mary, or what about the laws books of the Bible and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all throughout my years, I have heard about these books. And I'm like, okay, well, what they call lost books are not books at all. Those are Gnostic books. But then you got the Apocryphals over here. So I was exactly. able to mm-hmm. yeah, understand the difference between the two. So that's how it would come to me. And I, that's why I say for me it's almost almost by proxy that mm-hmm. I – I, I would fall under what they call apologetics because even the words and the, and the name, I wouldn't apply to myself because, you know, uh, I'm just saying I'm contending for the faith, just like Jews said, you know, contending for the faith, uh-huh, which exactly. was one delivered unto the saints. So that's what I'm doing. But uh, some people would put it under apologetics. And David would tell you, when we was on Black Planet, we would hear all kinds of stuff. Oh my goodness! All kinds of stuff, and some stuff we could repeat. Some stuff I had to go back and study on, uh, uh, especially when the movie Vikings came out. Uh, people started saying, "Oh, Jesus Christ and Horus are the same." Uh, December the twenty fifth is not Jesus' birthday, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Some some of those and things where I was, like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. some of those things where mm-hmm. I didn't think to go and look. Like I never thought to go and look to see if Jesus Christ was born on December the 25th. So I'm like, well, let me see what they're saying. Instead of, you know, saying, oh, yes, he was, and not really knowing. And that led me into another into another study. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that falls under, you know, uh, that's why I took up astronomy and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's like I feel like God has took me through all of that so that when people come up with these crazy doctrines, some at least, you know what I'm saying, all glory be to God. Uh, he's given me the, the, the ability to refute some a lot of these claims out here. Sometimes they get tricky because they, like Satan did in the garden, they mix the truth with the lie. And uh, I know if if you're not if you're not well studied or well versed, sometimes you can trip up. And the only thing you really have to lean on is uh, the Lord, right? Of course, lean right. upon Him, not uh, and not upon our own understanding. But remember, God right. gives us what we need, especially uh, mm-hmm. time to contend for the faith. Because I honestly believe most of the time it'd be the Holy Spirit speaking. Mm-hmm. So I hope that wasn't too long, but that's how I look at it. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. This is. This is Brett again. Um, I, I, you know, enjoy being a part of the page. Um, and I want to say that, that my focus from, from my years of study, and, of, of, and I've studied other religions and Egyptology and Mormonism and Jehovah Witness, and, and I've, I've had my gamut of, of it, um, that God's focus in me is his kingdom and what actually that means, even the very word church. The very word church is a governmental term. It is not even a religious term. And in our culture, it's been made a religious term, again, for the sake of manipulating the masses. Um, but it is when Jesus said, I will build my church, it was a Greek word that meant called out ones. So it literally meant a called out group of people from a society who would gather together to hear what the king of that kingdom was saying and then go out into the world and do it. So it's mm-hmm. not 
it's, it's, it's not even a, a, a term that has to do with religion. It's a term that has to do with the government, and the government of God um, is a, and that uh, the government of God is a real government. It has its own social system. It has its own uh, 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 economic system. It has its own systems within it. And um, I do want to say that I will be praying for you, brothers, because um, uh, you're, with your youth, and I say that I'm, I'm 50 years old, so with mm-hmm. what I believe, and I've watched the body of Christ make it, I got saved in the 80s, so I've watched the body of Christ make a transition, and I believe that you three and your wife, uh, Najiti, are called to give answers to people who don't remember how it used to be. There was a generation, as Judges says, that rose up who knew not the Lord. So they weren't there when God parted the Red Sea, and they weren't there when God parted the Jordan River. So they didn't see the works of God, all right? And I believe that, um, especially as brothers and intelligently as believers, that I do believe that God has called you to give answers to people who, who really are broken in darkness or don't have answers even even socially and combining the, the things that are going on socially in the world, the, 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 the social um, injustices, all of that yeah. is inclusive because people, all of those things are inclusive. Social injustices, and whether it's in Chicago or whether it's in, in uh, St. Louis or whether it's in, you know, all these things that are rising up, it's because people are needing answers that supersede the four walls of what people have called the church. Well, and the that there are... Sorry. Huh? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Please, uh, please, I, I didn't ahead. mean to cut you off. Uh, the GT's no, wife, right. Evelyn, right. uh, talks about a lot of cultural issues, uh, especially mm-hmm. that goes, you know, the types of issues that go on within the black community. She talks about that a mm-hmm. lot. And mm-hmm. um, she has a podcast, by the way, Exit Churchianity, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it's on Spreaker. So you can hear a lot of of of, of those things and i i mm-hmm. talk about them sometimes but i don't have the support mm-hmm. so <laughs> um okay. i i try to just kind of keep it at a minimum but mm-hmm. as as far as the uh apologetics um thank you for that but continue i'm sorry i i didn't mean to cut you off no that's okay that's okay i'm just i'm just my my life is is Primarily, my life is primarily is prayer. And like I said, I've studied a lot of religions over time, and I see the difference uh, because Christianity, Judaism, is not the oldest religion in the world. You know, you got right. Buddhism, and then you have Hinduism, which is an offspring of Buddhism, which is less severe. And then you have all you have all the other other religions, but everything came from the Tower of Babel. So biblically, yeah. all four religions came came from Genesis 11. You know, so when you have when you when you have the evolving of the ages mm-hmm. and, and and everything that and what you have is you have people and now that you have technology and the internet people are there there they have access to anything at any given time and so in light of that like i'm not i i tell people i can work technology but i'm not a i'm not a geek i'm not on you know if you say okay tap onto this go to the link and do this, and it's like sometimes it takes me a little bit mm-hmm. because I'm still, you know, I have an iPad and I have a, a phone and I know how to use the Internet and thing and the computer, but I'm, I consider myself the basic. So with, with what you all are doing 
you know, like I said, I will be keeping you in prayer because um, you're dealing with you're dealing with principalities and powers. Satan has his own kingdom, and in that, you do have principalities that's dealing with nations. You have powers that deal with structures of society, which your wife probably is involved in. So when you have structures of society, you have church, marriage, family, education, and government. And those are mm. major structures that, that those are the five major pillars of society. So Satan has his powers under his kingdom. They, everything's in rank and order. And he has them to infiltrate those. Then you have rulers of darkness, which have to do with media, sports, fashion, uh, entertainment. And those infiltrate the minds. Okay, and they infiltrate the minds through entertainment to get people like a Pied Piper. And then you have spiritual wickedness in high places that deal with captivating and really snatching thoughts from people's minds so that they can't retain knowledge. You understand? So what what you guys are tapping into is strategic. It's very strategic. And so what you're tapping into is strategic to help bring people's minds, like wake up people that are like zombies whether socially, whether governmentally, whether it's marriage, family, the church or government or education. And so God is, 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 is doing a shift and a changing of the guard. And when, when he called you through your testimonies, the things that you experienced in, in, in charismatic and, and Pentecostalism and all the things, I think God had his, I think God prepared you with preparing you then for now, you know, and, um, and, and now positioning you for those that do have sincere questions, you know, about, well, what about this and what about this? And to be able to answer them in love, you know, be able to answer them so they're not walking around. So, I mean, it's good for people to know somebody can answer my question, you know. So in, in that, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I definitely see the calling, you know, absolutely. I see, I see the calling, you know, and hear it you know, and, and uh, what your passions are. So there's different, you know, like I said, strategic-wise, it's, it's an in some, a lot of people are not going to necessarily say, okay, I want to know about this, I want to know about this, and I want to know where this came from, and I want to know, well, how did all the religions come from the Tower of Babel? And, and there are those that are going to be called to hear that, you know, and, and to understand it. Um, me, I know it, but that's not what God's called me to, but I know it. So I can answer. I've sat, I've sat down with Hindus. I've sat down with people of Baha'i faith. I've sat down with people of black believe they're lost tribe of Israel. And yeah, Atlanta, I've, I've had arguments with DHIs all, yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I've sat down with a lot of people, Egyptologists, uh, Mormons, elders, who, who basically said, well, we never met a Christian who can actually answer the question that we've had. And, you know, their religion on... John Smith and Jehovah Witness who don't believe that believe the Holy Spirit is a force and you know I've I've had I know it but the Lord has used me more so like Paul in the sense of people who don't care what I know they just want to know so when I come among you I want to know Jesus Christ and Him crucified you know but can mm-hmm. I have an intellectual conversation with you yes I can you know but the point is do you understand that do do you understand that the the that the Almighty and the Most High is also a Heavenly Father who sent His Son. So I'm I'm looking at, like I said, strategically how God is placing you, brothers, in the body of Christ. You know, um, for um, for this um, age and this yeah age of information. So 
Yeah. All glory be to God on that because, you know, Amen. again, I try to picture myself as this little kid coming to his father and asking questions and, you know, just mm-hmm. that, just have a mindset towards towards the father. And mm-hmm. you brought up youth. And, yes, I'm very, very, very concerned about the youth because yeah. you see all the stuff that's going on with uh, Black Lives Matter and things of that nature. Right. And we've, we've touched on uh, we've touched on the black churches in the black neighborhoods. Uh, we touched on different cults, um, mm-hmm. uh, the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, Pentecostal, the uh, New Thought on mm-hmm. Christian Science, all of them. Uh, mm. we we on that, but when I look back at black people, our people, I'm noticing that what they are having to deal, what they're dealing with, is the uh, the inability to get answers, like you said, especially mm. when it comes mm. to doctors like right. the black man was the first man. We all came from uh, Egypt or. Uh, the uh, uh, Christianity is the white man's religion, you know. Mm-hmm. Like at some of these functions that we have on the weekends, uh, well, with my job, uh, they they reserve it, so they come in like one one weekend a month, and every weekend they all either congregate to my office or I go to where they're at, and we all have these nice little discussions, and mm-hmm. you know they bring a lot of these guys. They're like. One guy, he brings this up constantly about how the system, the white man is trying to keep us down and how he uses Christianity to do that Mm -hmm. with. And also uh, that uh, the Bible promotes slavery and things of that nature. And I I, I heard that so many times. I usually have to sit them them down and, Mm -hmm. and... Soon, I'm going to start having these type of shows where uh, these discussions where I, I invite people who have those type of mindsets to try and get get them their answers or just have a good dialogue back and forth. Uh, because yeah. in either case, when you look at it, men, we wrestle with each other, but you can't wrestle against the truth, you know. Right. So mm-hmm. what I say from from my own opinion is just my opinion. But when the facts are presented, for instance, that Christianity or the Christian faith was flourishing in Africa way before the transatlantic slave trade. It, it makes them go back and think, like, oh, for real, okay. Well, they were forced to. No, you need to understand. They weren't forced. You know what I'm saying? We, go, we can go in the book of Luke, I think it's Luke, where the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip are conversing and then after Ethiopian eunuch is, is, is converted to Christ, what do you think happened when he went back to Ethiopia? And a matter of fact, Ethiopia, the ancient name for Ethiopia is Cush, and this is where all black people get their black skin from. So when you start explaining these things to them, it's like, it's, it's like I can see the light goes off, or go, comes on in their head. I can literally see it through the eyes. And you know, I just thank God for it because, you know what I'm saying, it's just a simple way of explaining factual events that took place in history. And then when they go back, they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Then it takes people away from that old, what I call that 
that mystery religious talk into right. looking at things objectively. Like, don't believe everything somebody tells you. Um, mm-hmm. about entertainment, yeah, definitely. Uh, my wife, <laughs> she did. I think I think she did like a, a etymological. Oh, messed mm-hmm. that up again. Let me try it again. An etymological. Uh, research on the word entertainment, and it's like connected somehow with uh, uh, entering in, the process of entering in to take over or something like that. So you think about the Mm -hmm. entertainment business or uh, the entertainment industry, uh, the things that they put out there, the symbolism, Mm -hmm. the the satanic and luciferian symbolisms they have in all of these movies, these anti-Christian subliminal messages, is entering in people's minds and they're becoming mm-hmm. uh, uh, numb to uh, they're becoming numb to what's going on, especially the blasphemy that that's taking place on TV. And yeah. I kind of think of Romans chapter one where it, it talks about all the people who do these things, but at the end he says, you know, said that the punishment is not just for those who do them, but those who and who take pleasure. I'm sitting up here entertaining this mess on TV. I'm not really helping myself. But, um, oh, and then what you said about Mystery Babylon. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is what what lets me know that the Holy Ghost is real. I mean, I've talked to, I've talked with David. I've talked with Mm -hmm. uh, a good friend of mine named Kevin. I've talked Mm -hmm. with uh, Jamel, Darian, and now we're talking with you, and you have pointed to the very exact same thing that David and I have been talking about for weeks now. You know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. these Muslim Babylonian religions have right. started to pop up, but they popped up in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah. Yeah, I. Uh... You you mentioned something about entertainment and um, well, there, there's different forms of entertainment. You've got music and you've got television. And when you mentioned that, that really resonated with me because Nijiti and I did a show on talk show about the music industry, mm-hmm. and um, I, I focused on a guy by the name of Aleister Crowley. He wrote. Three books that I know of, anyway. Book of the Law, uh, Magic Theory and Practice, and um, I think it's another one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, 777. And in Magic Theory and Practice, we have the phrase, um, well, this was in the Book of the Law. We have the phrase, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And that was the... um, phrase that everybody in the 60s used to live by, do whatever you want to do. So that became the foundation of the 1960s. Then you have a lot of your rock groups like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, especially Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page, the lead guitarist, guitarist, bought Aleister Crowley's mansion in England. He um, purchased an occult bookstore 
And this is why the group broke up in 1978. I think it was 1978, 1979, the the, the group broke up because their lead Mm -hmm. drummer, John Bonham, died. Um, Robert Plant ended up getting, uh, his son ended up getting infected with some virus and it killed him. Um, He ended up getting a throat infection. Um, So everyone in the group was dropping like flies. And so as a result, the group disbanded because of the stuff that Jimmy Page was involved with. He would would implement some of Aleister Crowley's magic in their open concerts, their open, you know, their live performances. Um, I'm going to quote the phrase that Aleister Crowley uh, wrote in his book, Magic Theory and Practice. Let him write backwards, talk backwards, and listen to phonographic uh, messages in reverse. Now, what does that mean? That's backmasking. Led Zeppelin their song, Stairway to Heaven, is laced with back ma- uh, satanic backmasking uh, messages. Um, the Beatles, their their song, Revolution Number no. 9, um, laced with backmasking uh, messages. Um, Rick Ross's song, Ghost Rider, is laced with backmasking messages. The rock group Queen... Another one bites the dust, laced with backward masking. So what do I mean by back masking? You turn forward, it means one message. Backwards means another. So what we GT and I, are, you know, we, we wanted to do with the show is we wanted to warn people that aren't aware of what's going on in the music industry. Mm. You know, it's hidden in plain sight. It's not what you see on the outside, right. but what you see on the right. inside is what you see behind the the, the, uh, the the surface. In other words, when you looked at, I'm pretty sure you looked at the, the Wizard of Oz when it used to come on back way back when. You know, at towards the end of the movie, you you saw something. It was loaded with symbolism. I don't know if anybody was paying attention when they were looking at the movie or not, but the the movie is loaded mm-hmm. with 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 uh, occultic and uh, witchcraft symbolism. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the movie, when Dorothy and her three friends went to see the the wizard, you know, Oz, you know, for brain or whatever and all that stuff, and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Dorothy was trying to get home, the dog, Toto, goes to the back of the palace or the throne room, wherever they were at, and and he, Mm -hmm. he pulled back the curtain. It was a man. Right. So that told us that this guy, that this God, this great and all-powerful God called Oz was not great and powerful, but he was a man. He, that there was, he was nothing more than a man sitting behind something and making him look like he was something that he wasn't. Uh-huh. And so I, that, that clicked in my head. I'm like, oh my God! This I thought that, and, and, and we were all into the movie. Me and uh, you know the people that were looking at it, we were all thinking that this <laughs> world was real, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because she was unconscious. She got hit in the head by a window pane, knocked her out, and she was unconscious. So she was dreaming all of this. All of this was one big dream. There's no place like home. <laughs> yeah, there's no place like home. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? You're a bad witch. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff was 
right in our faces. We couldn't see it. And so this is what music is. This is what the entertainment industry is. The devil is a beautiful liar. We read in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, uh, that the God of this world blinded those people that believe not the gospel. Mm -hmm. So they're blinded. They have shades over their eyes. They, They have scales over their eyes. They can't see the truth. So when they look at television and they listen to the music, they don't know why they're so angry. Why do you think you know young black men are sitting in the car smoking weed? We the, the the car is 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 just drenched with with the smell of marijuana, and they're listening to gangster music, gangster rap music, because they're pumping themselves up to do something that they don't have any business doing. And then next thing you know, yeah. you you look at the news, and you hear about a shooting, or a robbery, or a rape even. Or some type yeah, of other sexual me. assault. Right. What I um what I heard or what I, I've read I've read an article about how this backmasking works and uh it says that one side of your brain is more receptive to the backward messaging. So these backward right hemisphere yeah, that get through, you don't even know that they're getting through. But Unfortunately, you start to act these things out, and that's yeah. why it. And that's this is just further evidence that you know what I'm saying it goes beyond the flesh, like you said, uh, Miss Griffin, that mm-hmm. we dealing with uh, powers, of, uh, principalities in, in high places, powers in high places. Mm-hmm. Satan mm-hmm. is the prince of the powers of the, of the air, of the sky, yeah. mm-hmm. and. You know, this these musicians, and they know a whole lot about this. That these musicians, they they open themselves up to demonic powers, open themselves up to mm-hmm. uh, to do to help them perform uh, some of these raps and some of the music that they do, and it mm-hmm. it only be done that way through chan- mm-hmm. they call channels uh, and. That's exactly what happens. Uh, like mm. My main concern, for the most part, is you know what I'm saying like the youth again, especially with mm. black people. Uh, the black youth, I'm seeing mm-hmm. I'm seeing several uh, common religions or false religions that that young black men tend to gravitate to. One would be the new age, the new age philosophy or the new age movement. And in this new age movement, it's like they can slither in and out of whatever religious uh, perspective they want. The only thing is that Jesus Christ is not the Savior, and they will eventually be God because they can speak these things into existence. uh, And uh, they they use, like they even, this is the part that gets me upset. They use scripture to yep. solidify their false claims. You know, like for instance, they would say, well, Jesus, Jesus said that the kingdom was within you, not knowing that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and that he was standing right there. He's the kingdom. Exactly. He was in the exactly. exactly. But no. Exactly. No, they would say, no, he was saying that the kingdom is inside of you. You are the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I do not ask them this question. How can you get to the kingdom if you don't have Jesus Christ? So right. this is where we trip up that. Then you have this religion called Kemetology or Kemet, and mm-hmm. these are what I call they they are they are pseudo Egyptologists because they kind of back themselves up in a corner, and but this appeals to black people. This appeals to black youth. You might see them running around. You might see them on. I don't think they would run around like this, but you might see them on TV, on videos, on YouTube videos, and they got on. The, the hat that King Tut would wear, or they got the whole Egyptian right. outfit on, and With they the look real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they would tell you is that, you know, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but, you know, I critique a lot of his videos. And his, one of his claims is that Nar- a guy named Norma came, uh, he's the first pharaoh of Egypt about 10 uh, close to, like, way past 5,000 years ago, and he mm-hmm. came from Nubia and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. See, the issue with that, this is, this is, um, this is what I tell them. Mm-hmm. Egypt wasn't around until after the flood. And the flood, from what I've calculated from the biblical perspective or the biblical timeline, happened around 2344 B.C. Now, we know that mm-hmm. Egypt in Arabic, is called Misr, M-I-S-R. That's how it's pronounced, or transliterated. Well, the name Misr is an ancient name used in the Bible, and it comes from Mizram, M-I-R-I-A-I-M. And we know that Mizram is the son of Ham. Now, the part, they don't get it. They don't get that they are actually taking a character from the scriptures and building a whole religion around him is Ham, because in mm-hmm. Hebrew, the Ham or Ham is spelled with a or pronounced with a K, K H A M, K H E M, depending on how you pronounce it. But in, in any regard, you know, I tell them, I say, you know, what I'm saying, all you gotta do is go to the Bible. The Bible talks about how Ham is the father of Mizraim, who was Egypt, and Ham. After the flood, when he moved from Noah, he went into the southern parts. And this is where you get your Egyptians, you get Kush, or the Ethiopians, you get the Sudanese, and uh, some of the other uh, Kemetic families. But this is, this is where, how can I say, uh, you know you got babes in Christ. You also got babes who are just now finding this type of religion. And then right there where you introduce a, a historical fact, this is where they say, okay, I'm going to back up, and I need to do more research because why, why would they mm-hmm. say this was 10,000-something years ago when the history is not uh, adding up? And then you got the black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, mm-hmm. The black Hebrew Israelites, they can be good people, but if you don't agree with them, man, they will call you everything but a child of God. Uh, <laughs> or worse. Yeah, I, I came to work late because I went to go get lunch, and I ended up in a discussion with a black Hebrew Israelite. And it's pretty much a race. It all is, is tied into race. The New Age philosophy pretty much is not tied into race. But Kemetology, the black Hebrew Israelites, the NOI, and uh, well, the NOI are tied up in 
racial from a racial perspective. Black because everybody, people. yeah, all black people are the original Hebrews and this this and that this and that. But it's like when one person when they like I had a friend. He he was what was he first? He was a black he he was a Christian or he claimed to be a Christian. Then he went he left Christianity and became a black Hebrew Israelite. And then all of a sudden he ended up in Kemet. Uh, and it's like they leave they leave one false thing and jump into something else that's even more uh, ridiculous. But one of my main concerns now is the fact you know we got ISIS coming into America and. Islam seems to be palatable to a lot of the black youth and because it seems to serve as a substitute to Christianity. And it is it's like a complete opposite of what the Christian mm-hmm. faith is. And unfortunately, I'm starting to see a lot of our black youth go into Islam. And, okay. you know, one, and one thing you might, might see me post in the group when it comes to Islam, is the major differences in how they look at Jesus Christ. First of all, you know, Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross in the Quran. But what's, right. what's more, what I won't say more, uh, one thing that I wish that black people as a whole would look at, maybe not in, like this, uh, in Africa, but here in America, because the argument is, Christianity was used to enslave black people. But we know in history that when black people began to read the Bible, they started standing up. Hey, this is not what the book what this book teaches. Y'all need to change up. But what they don't know, it seems like, is that Islam was one of matter of fact, Islam was the initiate as night was it was one of the major players in the African, in the black African slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade. And they not only did that and helped helped facilitate it, but they still do it today. They still go into mainly black areas in, in Sudan and try to subjugate black Christians. And they operate nearly in the same way they did almost, uh, eight, eight, seven hundred years ago, they go into a village. They kidnap the women and the children. They kill the men, and they take the women and the children and make it force them to convert to Islam. And then they use the women as sex slaves, and they usually uh, cut the uh, privies off the off the males, maybe the teenage boys, and uh, again the, the little girls, even down to five years old, uh, are used for sex slaves. Yeah, they're and, raped. Yeah. Yes, they are. And one, one, of, one, one evidence that I'm going to point to is recent is Boko Haram. Boko Haram. They mm-hmm. went into a village, a school actually, took black Christian girls, uh, I think it was like 200, maybe 100 or 200 of them, and the ones that came back that they done released, they, the majority of them, came back pregnant, and they had forced them. Some of the girls gave up their lives for Jesus Christ, and I applaud them because this is the type of uh, persecution that the churches here has not right. faced. Don't know, right? As of yet, as of yet, yeah. 
Yeah, I get and publications from Voice of the Martyrs, and I contribute to them over there for um, those that are in, in the, being persecuted. Um, so they have a, I don't know if you've ever heard of Voice of the Martyrs, they have books and publications, and that's one thing that I contribute to over in Africa. Um, for those that are called Amen. to do that job. Yeah, so um, I'm going to get ready to go because I need to, um, but it's been a pleasure. So um, I need to get ready to go on and finish with my day. Um, but um, I want to thank you again. I want to thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you introducing yourself, yourself, and um, explaining what you do, you know. Um, no problem. Uh, God bless you, and thanks again for calling in. And uh, uh, if you're in the group, you'll see a lot of the invites. As a matter of fact, we have one, having another show tomorrow. Uh, this is with uh, David and I. I think we're doing. What are we doing, Dave? Uh, we're uh, finishing. We're, we're doing uh, sororities and uh, fraternities. Yeah, we're, 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 okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to well, be. Whichever uh, one's out. Yeah. Whichever ones I can make, I'll I'll, I'll definitely be there because I'm, um, like I said, I'm, um, you know, bless you and what you're doing. It's it's needful because we're in a different age where, especially a lot of young black people are more, you know, when I was growing up, I, I grew up during the late 60s and the 70s. So, if you know, your families went to church together. And at that right. time, it was, you know, with a lot of different things socially that was going on in the country. So we didn't have the challenges that we have today. So now, yeah. with with the with the dysfunction and the and the dismantling of the of the family structure, especially the black you have family young structure, people, especially the black family, especially you have them. You have all different kind of knowledge that is being presented to to young people. So for you to be able to give for you you know for you brothers and your wife uh, and the GT to be able to give answers to people, it's it's needed. So. Um, like I said, I'll you know I'll be I'm you know I I I check the page as often as I can. So um, when if, when I make it, I'll be there. If I can make it, I'll be there. Amen. And thanks again for calling in. And uh, God bless and God speed. God bless you too. You too. You too. God speed to you guys. God speed. Right. Bye bye. Hey, uh, speaking of. The BHIs. My uh, a bar. My barber is a BHI, and he and this guy yeah. got into this debate. Uh, hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, I thought somebody else said something. But um, yeah, he and this other guy got into this really heated debate. It wasn't like heated, like they were going to come to blows, but. It, they got loud, and I'm like, okay, must you guys get loud while you're standing over my head? But anyway, um, you know, they, they were, like, talking. And this one guy was telling me, tell, saying that, you know, the Bible was full of myths and, and legends. And then the uh, the guy that was cutting my hair said that he wasn't a Christian either. He never claimed to be a Christian, but he's in Hebrew. And he said, he, uh, you know, black Hebrews are not, it's not a religion, but it's a bloodline. And so that involves blacks, uh, Hispanics, um, Latinos. Well, Latinos are uh, Hispanics, but um, like uh, Indians, uh, Hispanics, um, you know, 
Indian, Native Americans, you know, they're all supposedly Hebrews. And right. I'm saying to myself, okay, well, how can they all be Hebrews if Hebrews are if the Hebrew race is one bloodline? A bloodline can't be intermixed with other bloodlines because it wouldn't be a bloodline anymore. <laughs> Strange. I, I you know, it, these religions that black folks that these young people, young men get involved with is strange. They're, they have to contort, they have to distort, they have to reinvent, realign, reassemble their history to make it make sense to the point yeah. where it doesn't make any sense. You're, it doesn't make any historical sense anyway. And, you're, and I'm sitting in the barber chair listening to these people, these guys, and I'm, I'm laughing. I wanted to laugh so hard it was making my stomach hurt. I said, let me out of this chair because you guys, first of all, are hurting my ears with this screaming and yelling and cussing over my head. And it's just so after the guy, he would not leave. He kept edging the guy on. And then he keeps, you know, getting involved. He keeps, you know, telling him about uh, the Bible and how we Hebrews were blacks from way back when and this, that, and the other. And, and then he's saying that, oh, it's nothing but religion. And, you know, you you, you get all this religion from your, your white slaves. And I said, oh, God, here we go again with the same old story, the same old excuses. So I, I just, right. you know, it, it's just amazing to me how, you know, these people that, the blacks that get involved in these Afrocentric religions have to distort history so much that it doesn't even make sense anymore. Right. And then what they try to do, another thing that they would try to do, or I don't even want to say try to do, they do, is they will go and pull passages from the some of the apocryphal books uh, thinking that Christians don't read those books. <clears throat> and like the guy in spirit-led discussion, uh, I forgot his name. This is how unimportant these people are to me. I think his name was Robert or something. Not Robert, but it's a, it's a guy. He's a he's a, he's a Hebrew, black Hebrew Israelite. And he said oh, that... The guy that called you an a-hole? Uh, no, not him. I don't, I don't oh. know who the name... I forgot his name, but... He's, he used a passage from Edris, I believe, where it says that the ten tribes of Israel were taken to the furthest place across the lakes uh, from from Israel, from northern Israel. Mm-hmm. And he said that that place, it was called, uh, what was it called, Armor, Armorata or something like that, or Sarat, or Sarat. So I said, okay, well, let's walk through this and figure out where Arsaret is. If it's, a, if it's a literal place, it shouldn't be hard to find it. And then lo and behold, we find out, and this is where he stopped commenting, we find out that Arsaret is near the, uh, Ararat, the Ararat Mountains in the far east of Turkey, not mm-hmm. in America not across the Alaskan Strait, not in the islands of Hawaii, not in Mexico, 
not in Colorado, nowhere in America. He said, I mean, the place, our, our Surrette is located in Turkey. And trying to explain this to him, you know, I was like, you know, I showed him the information, and it was like, well, now you, you know what I'm saying, your, your theology or your history has been proven to have holes in it. So um, can we continue to continue the discussion? Because now we know that the 10 tribes weren't taken to America. And I'm not saying that none of them made it to America. I'm just saying initially when the Assyrians took the 10 northern tribes, they didn't take them into America. They took them into northern areas, uh, uh, like right around the Caucasus Mountains, Syria, even up in Turkey, yeah, Turkey, uh, Germany, areas in, in Germany, and almost as far east as uh, Southeast Asia, India, uh, and uh, I believe China, if I'm not mistaken, because there's a tribe in Asia that calls themselves the tribe of Manasseh. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know what I'm saying, their ancestors uh, recall an ancestor by the name of Manasseh or his people, the tribe of Manasseh, settling in that area. Right, right around the same time, a few years, 100 years after the, uh, uh, the 10 tribes were removed from uh, Israel. So, Again, there could be some some validity of truth in what they're saying, but they they presenting it, they're not giving the actual, you know, the correct information because if we really want to look at it, the descendants of the ten tribes of Israel probably spread all out in Europe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And from from what I was told, from what I've read, a lot of their descendants became uh, royalty in a lot of these places. And even King, was it King George? Uh, who was the king in, King of Britain? Uh, who was the king? king? Uh, wasn't it... Um, king of who was the king now? Uh, I'm sorry? Who was the was king the... now? Uh... Oh my God! Um, I know it's Queen Elizabeth, but it, it, the king is uh, it's Charles, right? Yeah, it's Charles, Charles, I believe. Yeah, King Charles. <clears throat> they they believe even his they believe even him and his son of their bloodline. They believe that they have Jewish bloodline or Jewish DNA, but then they oh, they very they very may will you know what I'm saying? they they might have Jewish bloodline, and it's because of the dysphoria. And that's another thing that black Hebrew Israelites don't really like to talk about because it pretty much explains that the Hebrews weren't just moved to Africa. They didn't right. just run to Africa. They they were placed, displaced all in the four corners of the of the world. And that's just like, you know what I'm saying, that's uh exactly what God the Father said he would do in the end is gather them from the four corners of the globe. Yep. So they have to be in the four corners of the globe for God to retrieve them. And Africa is not uh, 
the four corners of the globe. It doesn't equate to that. It's probably, it might be one corner of the globe, but it's not, definitely not all four. So uh, I just want to do some backtracking and uh, go ahead and end the phone call. <clears throat> uh, was talking about some of the things that plague the black youth. And for anybody, anybody who listens to this afterwards, uh, uh, Miss Griffin had put out, and she believes that, you know, she has a feeling, or, you know, she believes that God has called us in the area of apologetics. And if that's what it is, then, you know, I'll accept it. Man, you know, again, my, my, my main thing is just wanting to get the truth out to everybody, especially the black youth, because, you know what I'm saying, when Jesus came, he came for the Jews first. And you know, there was nothing wrong with that. So I'm black, and I do want to reach the black youth the most because these are my people. Uh, but I don't show no respect to persons when it comes to that. Just because I'm black and they black don't doesn't mean that I'm going to accept everything that they do, everything that they say just because they're black. And I won't even do it the opposite, you know, just because they're white or because they're not black. I'm not going to show more favoritism to a person, you know. So <clears throat> the Bible says show no respect to person before a piece of bread that man would transgress. And it don't matter if they're black or white. Uh, you got people in this world that's evil and deceitful, and they will, be, uh, they will transgress for a piece of bread. Trust me, and it happened to me plenty of times. Hmm. Uh, and I especially wanted to uh, touch on these things that that a lot of black, the, a lot of the black youth have to deal with when it comes to theology and the Christian faith, uh, Islam, Nation of Islam, Black Hebrew, uh, or Kemetology, or Kemet, Black Hebrew Israelites in the New Age movement, uh, those are the main things I see dealing, uh, that falls uh, that the black youth has, have to deal with. And you got some tricky people out there who slick with their words, and they make things sound so good, but when you really dig in, you'll see how much error they are they are in. Um uh, which with each one of these, Islam, Nation of Islam, Black Hebrew Israelites, Kemet, and New Age philosophy, you have no salvation. You have no salvation because there is no there is no crucifixion, there is no sacrifice of the Son of God because the only way that uh the remission of sins only comes by the way of comes by way of blood, and for them, Jesus didn't die on the cross for them. His sacrifice was just a normal sacrifice, and nobody is saved. All he was was an example to them, and we need to get the black youth out of that mindset because if we realize how sinful we are, and that we are indefinitely, indefinitely need of a of a savior then we'll realize that we can't do anything by our own means because no matter how much technology they come up with, no matter how many miracle drugs they come up with, the condition of man's heart is still the same. It's still the same. And when the end comes, everybody's going to get wrapped up in it except for the elite 
and eventually they get swept up in it too because they're going to give way to the mark of the beast, and everybody who receives the mark of the beast will be thrown into the lake of fire. Um, looking at these mystery religions out here, Dave and I, we've already talked about, we've talked about so many different cults, even at the point where I had to actually go and do the study prior to the show. And as I told him, it was worth it because I had no idea. Of, I had some information about certain cults like Christian science and Jehovah Witnesses, especially the Mormons. But again, having to go and dig even deeper, you realize that they all have some of, some of the same doctrine. And they, the, the classic thing that they do is mitigate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ or they mitigate his deity. They uh, they call him they only call him the son, uh, and then on top of that you have one which we talked about not too long ago the oneness people who are a part of the oneness movement Pentecostal oneness or oneness Pentecostal I'm sorry uh, they tell you that yeah they believe Jesus Christ is God and that the word the word is God and the Holy Bible is inspired by God but they deny the Father, and the Son. Some of them do it unknowingly, and I believe that God may not hold them accountable. He might hold them accountable, but uh, for some, it's just it's, it's a combat. It's combat for them to beat it down in people's heads that Jesus, or that God is not a triune God. They'll tell you that uh, the Father, as David pointed out on the show, has different mad. And no matter how many times, you know what I'm saying, you can show them the distinctive persons of the Trinity, it, it still doesn't go through. But, I, you know, I pray I pray for my brothers and sisters who are in that mindset because, like I said, some of them are genuine, some of them are just bullheaded. And I just pray that Father God, that the Father uh, and the Holy Ghost teaches, teaches them uh, and, and that they learn and accept the truth, because uh, Jesus said the truth will indeed set you free. Uh, we talked about the entertainment industry and how it's used by Satan to draw people away from Christ with all its symbolism. Uh, even the literal rhetoric that you see on TV uh, in some of these shows, like I forgot the name of the movie where an alien came to Earth, he's an alien grade trying to get back and uh, you know, he pretty much turned this so-called born-again believer into a believer in aliens and saying that the aliens were ones who came down here and uh, changed the evolution of man from ape to homo sapien or whatever. And, you know, although it's a movie, people watch movies like this and they come back after seeing movies like this, if they were already shaken in their faith, they most of the time if they're not if they're not uh, strong in their faith, they begin to waver. And this is exactly what the entertainment business does, whether it's music or the news or just entertainment, sports or movies, is all used to distract people from. Uh, from either what's going on in the world or from the truth. Um, the racial issues that keep coming up, again, 
within the youth. Uh, my wife, she is really heavy into cultural situations going on in the black community, and I would advise anybody to go on exitchurchianity.com and uh, listen to the speaker about the NOI and things of that nature. And she's she's really good. God's blessed her with a talent to uh, spot these things. And, you know, and, and here's, here's another thing. There's even people who would say that women shouldn't teach. And I think that is such, that is that that is the the more, most barbaric thing you can say to a woman who is a sister in Christ, because when you look at Orthodox Islam, or even the nation of Islam, look at how they treat their women. Uh, the women, for the most part, in the NOI, a lot of them don't speak out. You might have some figurehead, but uh, she, I believe, she's the daughter of. Uh, uh, Farrakhan or or uh, maybe the niece of Elijah the prophet or, or granddaughter, whatever. This is the reason why uh, this young lady gets to uh, speak out. And you all can look up her name if you want. I don't, I don't know her name, but I know she's a figurehead for the NOI. But in the Christian faith, women, women, such as my wife, have the gift to uh, have, have have that gift of teaching. And I don't think that the Lord would give her a gift just to keep her muzzled. So for all you guys out there who feel like a woman shouldn't teach, you should go and study your Bibles because in actuality he's talking about he doesn't permit a woman to have or usurp authority over men. And that's just the order, the creative order of things. And for the women who may hear this, who may get offended, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't teach, but I am saying that according to the Bible, a woman shouldn't have authority over men within the body. That's just, that's just straight Bible. So I say it on both sides. But in any case, uh, again, we talked about apologetics and mystery Babylon, Genesis 11, the New World Order, uh, which actually I call it the Old World Order, and today they're trying to get back to where uh, they were with, with Nimrod. Um, now we touched on the assembly. And that's very important, too. Uh, no, you don't. You don't have to go to a church, but God wants, you know, we're commanded not to mistake the assembly of ourselves, and you don't necessarily have to go to a church building. And I know some people who have a thing, may have a uh, a thing with the word church, but the way that church was used in the Bible, it was just, it was used, it was used, and the church is a building, and the Hebrew, the Greek word there is ekklesia, and it means for those who are called out, and uh, some would even say assembly, and that's what it is. But when you look at the context where God said, where Jesus said, "I will build my church," uh, using the word church makes perfect sense in the in the English because uh, a church is a building, and then it has stones, and that and 
well, any building, it has a foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation of the spiritual church, and we are the bricks. He's the foundation, and we are the bricks. And uh, if we look at a marriage, he's the head, and we are, we're the body. So it's a, it's a perfect illustration of uh, what the church is. But we are the church, and we ought to get together as often as possible, especially in times like these, because, again, persecution is coming to the church here in America and the saints need to be prepared. And we most definitely will. We're going to need each other. We are definitely going to need each other. Uh, for all those who believe in post-tribulation, rapture, things of that nature, uh, you know, uh, I won't argue with you. I won't argue with you. And my friends who believe in pre-trib, I'm not going to, uh, again, show any respect to persons. All I'm saying is that we all need to be ready whether we go up before or after. Although, again, I don't believe uh, in a post-tribulation rapture. I don't believe the tribulation is for the church because I understand that the church is going through tribulation at this current time and that the church will continue to be persecuted because it's been persecuted for over 2,000-something years now, that eventually God will call up the church and then the tribulation will start to test mankind and the children of Israel where focus is now shifted. Uh, and, you know, on these shows, I have we're going to have shows like that. If you want to talk about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, preterism, dispensationalism, it's fine with me. I'll bring everything or every topic uh, to the show just as long as we can discuss these things, uh, as long as we can discuss these things in love. And, and and not curse one another, curse each other out. Um, once again, I think that was pretty much it. Uh, just looking back in my notes, uh, I want to thank Miss Danielle and Miss Griffin for calling in. Uh, I want to thank Dave for calling in. Uh, and Dave, have you got any words you want to put out there uh, before we hang up? Uh, sure. Um, those that are still on the line, um, be sure to join us tomorrow night at nine for the um, our continue as we continue our study um, or our topic or discussion with the Illuminati and the uh, New World Order. And then after that, we're, we're going to go back to um, um, the, the cult because I wanted to talk about something that uh, black people are getting in, getting themselves involved with, and that's, you know, Afrocentric religions like the BHIs, the Kemets, um, Egyptology, things of that sort. So that's going to start after the Christmas holiday which is next week. So be sure to uh, join us for that. Um, I don't know what, what day we're going to be actually do, being, you know, if we're going to actually uh, be able to do that particular show. I think it's going to be probably the beginning of that week, but um, I'll check with the GT after we hang up, after we end the uh, conference call. But, yeah, just be sure to join us tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Uh, Eastern Standard Time for those that are living on the 
south um, east uh, areas and those that are living out west that's going to be Pacific time, which is three hours uh, three hours difference, and those that are living on this central uh standard time that's um you know an hour ahead I'm not an hour ahead an hour uh, behind so be sure to join us for that and uh that, that that's pretty much it all right well. That's pretty good. Uh, we made it to the second hour and the four, five, six, yeah, two hours. Actually, I went over an hour, but that's cool. Um, again, I want to thank Ms. Griffin and Ms. Danielle for calling in, and David. And just, I'm going to just lead us out with a prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just want to say thank you for giving me the strength and the time and the opportunity to reach folk to uh, help them help them understand some of these difficult topics that come up from time to time. And Father God, I just ask that you use me and Brother David and Brother Jamel and Darian to help, help spread and solidify your truth, Father God, especially in these days and time. Uh, and with that said, Father God, I just want to pray again that you uh, strengthen us to do your will, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm brother, I'm about to hang this phone up, and so uh, I think Darian is about to do his show. I know he usually does it every Monday. So yeah, he's about uh, 45 minutes from now. Yeah, so I'm gonna call in while I'm cooking. I probably won't say much, but I'm gonna call in while I'm cooking dinner. All right, and then uh, I'll try to. I'm sorry. Are you going to call in? Uh, I might. Um, I'm trying to recover from what I had to listen to last night, but um, uh, Um, pray for me in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, what I was thinking about with. uh, Well, let me let me go ahead and hang hang this thing. I'm gonna stop the show. I'm gonna stop the recording real quick. Hold on okay. for a second. All right, everybody, uh, again, once again, thanks for calling in, and uh, God bless, and good night. Dave, stay on the line. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.